The week is almost over, so pour that coffee. And let's discuss what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's Joe Sapecki and Bill McCaution. Should we talk about the government? Let's go, gentlemen. It's a Friday. Let's do it. This is the last of my three-hour versions of... One last long ride. Yeah, it's also the last day of Max's Joke of the Week, so we got a good one. Can't wait. It's a real loss. Yes, it is. The Max jokes, not the extra two hours. He's moving on to bigger and better things. (laughs) i got to get him into the political mindsets, because that's where my new show's going, so it's going to have to be... (laughs) What could there possibly be in our politics Uh, to joke about? Oh, well, oh, don't don't tease or, or uh, <laughs> say Mac, uh, Max can't do it because he will do it. All right, Joseph Pecky, Democratic strategist, Bill McCaution on the right side of the aisle, gentlemen. We'll start with redistricting. the The legislature passes the governor's maps. Now, there's a little confusion during the week. Did they put this November clause in that didn't take effect? Apparently, that was not even a thing. The governor's been sitting on this for a couple of days. Joseph Pecky, I can't get a hold of the guy. What's going on? I don't know. And I don't know what the governor is going to do. He said he'd sign it. But I know what the governor should do, which is veto them. Really? Yes. Why? The more I have thought about this, the more I've talked to really smart folks, the more I am of the mind that there are a lot of things that you can trust Robin Voss on. When he says a medical marijuana bill is dead, you trust him. When it comes to the maps, you cannot trust Speaker Voss. You cannot trust that if the governor signs these... Will or AFP or WMC is not going to run to a courthouse and start the legal clock all over again so Republicans get another shot at this map. On what grounds? You cannot trust that the justices of the state Supreme Court have not already selected a map, insulated as much as possible and much more than the legislature from politics, and that this is a ploy by Robin Voss to hold on to the most gerrymandered maps, most favorable to the Republican Party for as long as possible. That is his track record. On but this. this is a, these are Evers maps. He created these maps. And I because think. Republicans did what they did, there is a legal process in place where the state Supreme Court took all kinds of maps, said these are the criteria, and they are now examining those. That process is insulated from politics more so than legislators are who run every two years, than governors are who run every four years. I love this. I I thought all the conspiracy theorists were on my side. They're not. Now they're on your side. This is is fun for me to watch because the governor has said publicly he would sign his own maps. Now, let's be clear about a couple things. The Supreme Court, which is heavily now tilted to the left, and Janet Protasiewicz won her seat saying the maps were rigged, is prepared to give the Democrats the best possible maps. It is not their constitutional duty. It's the legislature's constitutional duty. When the Supreme Court acted on the current maps in December, they said, we will deter- We will allow you to submit maps. We will either choose one of those maps or draw our own unless the legislature passes maps that the governor will sign. I think we're at that juncture where they have passed his maps. No changes to his maps. I believe he is a man of honor and i think he will sign this i don't i don't know that he can walk this back and the notion that somehow any republican allies could then sue i i'm thinking on what grounds you have a republican legislature and a democratic governor agreeing on a set of maps 
How does a court take that up and say they did it wrong? I, I just don't see a path for that to happen. I asked legal experts on this, and they said that there really isn't any, any grounds. That's why I asked you that question that you ignored when I and asked it. every you. lawsuit ever filed has had perfect grounds. We are watching in real time as a Republican named Donald Trump is using the justice system to just grind the gears and slow things down. There is a timeline here where nomination papers have to go out, right? Where the district lines have to be yeah. set. You're telling me that you you can guarantee me one million percent certainty that nobody runs to the courthouse and tries to buy six to eight weeks or twelve weeks. So that's to get that's, past that's that? the strategy. That's, so let me play it out. So you're saying that governor signs them, that becomes the new maps. Republicans, whoever, organizations, elected sure. officials, they sue so they can push this off past the election. Sure. Twelve conservative citizens from northern Wisconsin say, I don't like these maps, and this is why. Now I'm being disenfranchised. I think it gets dismissed instantly. I do. I mean, I don't think there's, there's any legal basis They're for returning it. to the process that's in the law. This is how it's supposed to work, so I the, don't know how that be could be challenged. The latest left-leaning conspiracy theory is that he should veto them because then that eliminates his maps, which theoretically are the best for Republicans. They're not great by any stretch of the imagination, and the Senate could easily flip in two cycles or 2026. But that that's complete nonsense. I mean, all it's saying to, is that the left-leaning activists are, we have the court, we bought it, we paid for it, they're going to do what we asked them to do. Forget it, Governor, you don't need to do this. Veto your own maps. I don't see him doing that. All right, you, you say the governor should veto, veto them. What, what do you think he's going to do? Because he I, said I he'd sign them. I genuinely don't know. Well, maybe if he if he showed up somewhere, he's been he's been like in hiding for the last few days. Like, where is he? You want more politics in your life? I want I want an answer <laughs> on some really big questions like I, this one. Patience, it's a virtue. Try it. So I, I think he has till Tuesday, right, or Wednesday. What's that? He has till Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. The maps this were sent to him. Soon. That gives him six days. <laughs> Friday, yeah. Friday night? Yeah. <laughs> At like five? I I don't know. I, I don't get it. Your maps, you already said you're going to sign them. So to Bill's point, it looks it looks ridiculous if you said you're going to sign them and you don't sign them. I don't know why. Tony Evers has said politicians shouldn't choose their voters. Voters should choose their politicians. Legislators are politicians. They Many of them face voters every two years. Governors are politicians. They face voters every four years. Ten-year terms for justices, nonpartisan candidates, oh, makes oh. them as removed from politics you, as anyone. You can never call this court They're more removed from politics than people who run every two years or four years with a letter after their name. That's the Period. only way you could use that to describe that, because they're not removed from politics at all. That's never going to be the case again. Okay. We now have justices running on firm positions, including the MAPs. Uh, you know, we, we've crossed that Rubicon, but the, <laughs> the, the legislatures aren't choosing their seats. I think there are 30 pairs in the governor's maps, which means one incumbent or has to run. Because they tried to do that and failed. And yeah, then they I tried mean, to, and then they really tried to, get, and then they tried to rush through. Back is Republicans had gerrymandered maps for 14 years. Now it's our turn to have gerrymandered maps and, you know, the governor's fair maps or whatever you wanted to call them be damned. That's what you're really saying. What I'm saying is if a legal process is in place, which it was through the state Supreme Court, we should let that process play out. We can't trust the Supreme Court. That's not how but, it works. But we can no, trust it, poli the political parties and the politicians. If, if something makes the courts not need to make a decision, that's where we fall back to the, how right. the process it's not is their laid job. out. That's, that happens all the time. This will be the first time, by the way, since the new uh, redistricting process was put in place in 1970, that one party in the legislature and a different party in the East Wing have agreed on a set of maps. The first time in 55 years. 
Wow. Hope, hope and change. Hope and change. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> does the New York race, the Santos seat, does that any have any significance? Don't answer yet. Because everybody's saying different things on this. I want to know what the answer is. i got two really smart guys in the room. We'll ask, we'll ask them that question again. And if you have a thought, 855-616-1620, the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Hey, everybody, this is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. When do you ask someone on a coffee date? When you like them a latte. Back to the studios. <laughs> I think Max has discovered girls. Don't I? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a big first grader now. Is he first, no, he's second grader? Well, it's Valentine's Day week, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a Love good, is in the air. Good-looking kid. He's a big radio star now. I'm, I'm sure he talks about that on the bus rides back home. Yeah. I bet that Janesville Jets hat I gave him as a hit with the girls, too. I got, I got a new hat for him, too, that somebody just gave me. Max, is, he's got like 50 hats, and they're all mint condition. Yeah. The kid takes care of Not like yours. You beat the crap out of yours, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. How come today was the backwards hat? And why Packers? Curious. I'm a Packer fan. I know, but it's, not, it's the off season. The gray matches my <laughs> sweater? Right? We're going to finally have a drama-free off season. I, learned I how, like that. Yes, that is a good thing. I learned how old you were yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people did. Did they guess high or low? I'm curious. They were Almost everybody was high. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> old soul, apparently. I'm too grumpy for the ripe old age of just shy of 42 years well, young. Not, not as grumpy as our two primary candidates, right, in the presidential race? Oh, my goodness. Not grumpy. as old as them, Grumpy certainly. old. I think they made a movie about that, Bill. It's <laughs> two Minnesota. grumpy old men, yes. yeah. All right, so New York congressional seat, formerly occupied by the one, the only, George Santos. Nobel Prize winner, George Santos, yes. I think it is. Pulitzer, I think he's won every award, right? It's Olympic not, gold medalist, George Santos. Is <laughs> yeah. it bobsled? <laughs> uh, we had a race. I think it, it's Sweezy or so. I believe it's Sweezy. Yeah. A ro- former congressman. A Democrat. Yeah. Now, you know the history better than I do. Is this a seat that's kind of gone back and forth? Where, it has. It has. It was an upset when Santos, Santos flipped it. So a thing I say with regularity on this show is you got to separate noise from signal. Polling, in my view, tends to be noise. Election results tend to be signal. And going back to what, 2017, Bill, election after election, Democrats are overperforming or performing at historic levels. Republicans have not had good election nights in a while. And so I was not surprised by this. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know what it means for the fall, but I think it suggests that the Democratic Party's prospects this fall are better than some of the Biden numbers would suggest. Election results tell you more than polling. They always will. So my problem, I, I think it's too early to say whether it's a signal or not. It, it might be the seat was held by this sweezy guy. Santos beat him with his brilliant resume, right? <laughs> All of which was fabricated. But, but my bigger problem really is the party. And and where was the Republican Party on the early voting uh, on this race? I mean, it turned out there was weather that day. There was a little bit of snow, which New Yorkers freak oh, out about. Republican snowflakes can't make it through the snow to vote. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we got to do a better job at early voting. Number one, number yeah. two, we have essentially a nominee already. He may not have earned all uh, the delegates that he needs to secure that, but I don't think there's any doubt Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. And he bragged on Twitter or X about not of staying out of that race. To me, as a party guy, that's ridiculous. You have to have both feet in in every race that matters. Republicans have a razor thin majority in the House of Representatives, a razor thin majority. A one seat addition is an is a plus. 
and for the nominee to sit out of that race for whatever the reason was. Remember, this is the guy who said he was going to have uh, rallies in Brooklyn and one at Madison Square Garden. He thinks he could <laughs> win New York and New Jersey. So then why wouldn't he go to the Long Island and help this candidate? By the way, I think our candidate was weak. And, and that that's a problem of Mike Johnson on the recruiting side. But th- there are some infrastructure issues that I am concerned with. I don't think it uh, is a harbinger of what's going to happen in the fall just yet, but it is a warning sign for our party that you got to pay uh, attention to the infrastructure. Well, i got great news for Bill and the Republican National Committee because everything is peachy keen, A-OK at the <laughs> national level, where Ronna McDaniel has uh, been uh, summarily you know, told to leave exit stage she hasn't right. left yet. Uh, but she's about to right after the South Carolina primary because Donald Trump turned on her like he turns on everyone. And... His number one candidate to replace her, his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump. And what did she say this week about what every the nickel RNC, will go to him? Every nickel will go to Donald Trump. I'm totally so, opposed to this. So much for congressional Republicans or Senate Republicans. All is well with the Republican National. Yeah, Committee. Trump's running out of family members to do really important jobs at his cabinet or whatever. I mean, this is this is an amazing time. We'll get to the Trump stuff in a second, but I could I could actually envision a scenario now, especially with the the recent flailings of the Biden campaign. You know, they're trying to figure out if the guys coherent enough to do the job my words um i could see a scenario where trump wins the presidency and, and the house is, is controlled and the senate controlled by the other party mm-hmm. what would that look like bill uh he could win the presidency and and i could have done this at in, in any of the segments but my advice to trump is the way to do that is to to be less visible say less <laughs> Well, he, he likes I mean, to talk, though. Talk about stepping on the biggest story in the world over the weekend. When her came out with this report that said Biden was too old and feeble to stand trial, he didn't say he didn't commit crimes. He said he was too old and feeble to be convicted for it. Uh, and Donald Trump quickly comes out and trashes Nikki Haley's husband, who's serving his country overseas, and then trashes NATO, which... You know, is largely responsible for not having World War Three over the last 75 years. You know, that's stepping on a story. The less Donald Trump says, the more likely it is he will win. But you and I know that that's not going to happen, Bill. That's not <laughs> what he ever does. Wish casting by Bill McCaskill. I am wish casting. Yeah. I, can't I, am. I can't wait to read his uh, his post on Navalny. Yeah, he's not what stepping, that's going to say. He's not stepping on stories. He's stepping on rakes. And he made clear with his comments about Nikki Haley's husband and NATO that once again, he does not understand the people who serve this country in uniform. He does not understand the commitment that we make to our allies. He does not understand that the only time NATO's Article 5 has ever been invoked was after 9-11, where soldiers, sailors, airmen and Marines from other countries locked arms with the United States and served in Afghanistan, fought and died alongside American soldiers. That is the power of an international alliance that Bill is exactly right, has prevented a World War III from happening for 75 years. And Trump will never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Joseph Pecky, Bill McCaution, the political power hour. Lots more to get to. We'll talk about it. Trump trials. Anybody see Fannie Willis testify yesterday? That was like a soap opera. I watched a lot of it. We'll talk about that and uh, the rest of Trump. Big civil fraud decision apparently going to be released today. That's going to cost him a few bucks, I think. We'll see and talk to the guys after this. Charlie working hard on this. That's that's clever. (laughs) Fannie Willis, the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, on the stand defending herself. Uh, There's a lot of 
uh, accusations. Well, she's admitted they had a relationship, romantic relationship, although there's a lot of nuance to that, and she laid it out. I, I, you saw some of this, right? I did. <laughs> uh, Joe, you didn't see it, right? I did not. All I've right. read some of the coverage, but I did not see I it. I watched like two hours of this. Um, i got to tell you, this is not what I expected to, to be watching when it, when it comes to this important case. Yeah. That now we have this sideshow, which, frankly, is, i got to say, it's kind of sort of disqualifying. Right? I think it's an easy disqualification for the judge, although the judge appeared fairly weak yesterday. He let her. Yeah, she uh, went. She was rough uh, on the attorneys who were questioning her. And, you know, there was very little decorum in the in the uh, courtroom. But I would say this. I mean, this is all about whether or not she lied and hired her boyfriend with taxpayer dollars. Uh, and then she benefited from those taxpayer dollars. She's and, a smart DA. What she said is she repaid him using cash that has no way to be traced. No way basically. to be traced. And he's saying the same thing. Although he says on one of the trips, he didn't pay for any of it. Right. Which means uh, the one they went to Belize, she would have given him four or $5,000 probably. Now who's engaging in conspiracy theories? No, well, those are reality. She said this. this. This was said. Under oath before a judge. Yes. Yeah. But I, I'm it, saying this is... If if she isn't disqualified by the judge, she's created an instant appeal for Trump on this. I, I think this is easy. Frankly, having worked for a governor, Governor Kemp has some power here, and he could take her out himself. This is, uh, I, I think, be, well beyond misconduct, in my opinion, her lying about these things, not disclosing. That's a violation of judicial ethics, of, of attorney ethics, that's clear. I don't think you need any more proof than what we already know. And I, this is coming from me and, and maybe Bill. Where there's actually a case to be decided here, an important case. So yeah. this dumbs all of that down. That's not necessarily a good look. Uh, okay. And so it moves to a different prosecutor. Maybe it slows it down. Oh, that's my question. Is, might, that, right? is that what's going to happen? Might. I, it doesn't make the coast the case magically go away. No, I'm not saying that. And, you know, just if she me- stays messy. on it, I think it does. Very messy. Okay, so instead of 91 felony c- criminal indictments, uh, he's got 78 there or 74 that don't have an automatic appeal baked in. I, the guy's in legal trouble. I, I was... Let's not pretend to make this equivalent to the absurdity of the fact that the presumptive Republican nominee for president is currently standing trial in four jurisdictions and is under indictment for 91 felony offenses. Today we are going to find out in New York how many tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars he is going to have to pay the state of New York for running a fraudulent business empire. That's a civil so case. So let's civil not case. try to conflate you know, Fannie Willis's personal life and you know, peccadilloes she may have you know, engaged in with the absurdity of Donald Trump, 91 times felony indicted, is going to be the Republican. You don't think the president. conduct of a prosecutor, DA, matters when you're talking about a case of this significance? Of, of course, course it, does. it does. Yes. Of course it does. And it, listen, if it were up to me and I could wave a magic wand, she would recuse and we'd get on with it. Well, I think there's a case for her to be disbarred if she was benefiting from those taxpayer dollars without disclosing. I, I, I do. But the the problem, I mean, Donald Trump has a horseshoe in his pocket on these. Alvin Bragg and Fonnie Willis are two of the most arrogant, entitled prosecutors in America. Lawyers? And, and, arrogant? And they have made mistake after mistake after mistake and given him deniability, plausible deniability. So, I mean, if he's going to have 
uh, political cases coming towards him in an election year, you want to have dumb prosecutors, and there's at least two of them coming after him. And if you want Donald Trump to be president, you want him to be quiet for the next nine months. I do. What are the odds of that? Well... Uh, real quick, breaking news, the, the prosecutors in Fulton County said that that'll be enough. Fannie Willis' testimony, they think they've already proved their case that she, she's not going to be disqualified. We're going to find out pretty quickly here. Um, all right, so it's been kind of a quiet time for the for the actual campaign. Now, we know there was a lot of time between New Hampshire and South Carolina. I'm just curious, well, we'll ask after the break, Like, why so much time built into that into the, the race? You seem like you'd want to keep get these things going every two weeks. Am I naive? We'll ask the, the gentleman, Bill McCosh and Joseph Hecke, after this on WTMJ. Political Power Hour on this Friday. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time. This is the best hour of political conversation in the state of Wisconsin and beyond. I've been in Chicago a lot. They'd have nothing down here. <laughs> nothing. They're lightweights. they got a lot of crime. They do. And they're experts on crime. All right, gentlemen, the race is kind of... Other than the you know the Biden thing last week where he's too old and we may find out more about Wait, that. Biden's old. <laughs> That's right. Get Sorry out of here. <laughs> he is old. Very old. Breaking news live from WTMJ. Uh, and you know the accusations. Well, not accusations. They were in the uh, special counsel allegations. Special counsel report said that um, he had a little trouble answering some questions. That transcript might become available at some point. So um, Donald Trump doing Donald Trump things. Some rallies around town. He was uh, just in South Carolina, and he was somewhere else recently too. He's fitting it all in with his busy legal Vegas, s- Vegas, Vegas. yeah, B- busy legal schedule. So two questions: one, why this long gap, and and two, um, how would you describe the state of the race today? Nikki Haley's still in this thing. Apparently, she's doing stuff, but I don't know if that's going to change. Well, anything. let me just—I'll talk about the calendar quick, and then you tell us what's going on in the okay. Republican race. Remember that the gap between New Hampshire and South Carolina does seem like an eternity, and there have been contests. There were the Virgin Islands, uh, and then there were two contests in Nevada. So it shouldn't have seemed like this long a break, but for the Republican Party and the Trump machine engaging in some tomfoolery with, well, we'll have a caucus. No, we'll have a primary. Oh, let's have both. Only one will have delegates. Some candidates on the Republican side will run in the caucus. Others will run in the primary. And the takeaway was the media didn't care. It was too hard to follow. Nobody paid attention. So there has been another race. It just didn't matter in the way that South Carolina will. Hmm. So for the 5% of the listeners who understand there is an election next Tuesday, it wasn't that long ago. Less than 20 years ago, Wisconsin would have had their presidential primary next Tuesday on the spring primary date. Uh, you know, we and we mattered. By April, I think this will be over. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin will be competitive at that point in time unless there's some conviction and there's new life into the Haley campaign. Uh, I think we all see where this is going, but it, it's um, we won't be as relevant as we wanted to be. And I think the purpose of moving it at 20 years ago was to line it up with the Supreme Court elections to get better turnout for those things. Mm, maybe that's not the greatest idea for Republicans <laughs> in, in this uh landscape right now so um I, i'm hopeful that trump will if if he's going to stay out there he does focus on issues including age i mean the her story had legs within four days of her coming out saying the guy was too old and not couldn't remember uh an abc ipsos poll came out that said 86 percent of americans agree with that they think he's too old that is the number one thing voters know sometimes candidates can sort of drive the issue agenda most of the time 
the the environment and the voters drive it. In this particular case, the one thing they know about Joe Biden is he's an old man, right? And for Donald Trump to take that off the table last week and say he's not old, he's just incompetent, <laughs> is a mistake politically. It, it it goes against what voters already believe. So why not? Build on that. Use that as your number one building block and then pivot to the border and then pivot to the economy from there. So use age against Biden. Interesting you know, point of clarity is that if Trump won you know, his second term in three years, he would be as old as Biden is now. So, I mean, yeah. he'd also be old. So, I mean, that's an interesting factoid. Um, when you look at this election, let's let's focus on Biden. You're the Democrat. Any concerns here? I mean, he's, he seems to be I, I can tell you that when the Joe Biden I knew 12 years ago, 10 years ago was a lot more with it. He, this seems like a shuffling, somewhat confused at times senior. He's old. I understand Stipulated. that. But he's also president of the United States, And Joe. he's a damn good one who has gotten bipartisan wins for the American people, who, as he said, got this country back on its feet after COVID, who will defend American interests abroad and at home, who has the guts to stand up to Putin while Republicans in Congress and Donald Trump roll over and want to belly rub, right? Like, the notion that we're saying age is the issue. How about the issue of the future of American national security? How about how we strengthen and make more resilient the electrical grid? How about, you know, education in this country, tax policy? There are actual issues the cost of health care. And on all of those issues, Joe Biden has a plan. He has an agenda. He has made some progress in most of those areas. That is a thing that is not well known. And a billion dollar campaign is going to change that. They can't, we can't change the fact that Joe Biden is old. Well, that's the problem, because what you just did in that minute soliloquy there, Joe Biden couldn't do today. He, he, couldn't, couldn't, he couldn't say and, that. And I think you gave us an opening on national security. I think his age is the number one factor. What what concerns voters? What happens in a crisis? Is this guy up to it at his age? What they see on TV doesn't look like he's up to it. So I think there is a connection between those. He's managing what's happening in the Middle East. This is a messy, terrible situation, and it has not sprouted into a regional war. All right, after the break, who's running for that Senate seat in Wisconsin with the guys after this? All right, let's bring it back to Wisconsin. My guest, as always, on the Political Power Hour, a show so great. I said to myself, actually, consultant said, you know, you should make that the name of your show all week, which is when it's going to happen next Monday. Are you excited about that for me? We want royalties. That's our name. <laughs> See, I knew that was, from a guy like you, I knew that was going to come. <laughs> Mr. McCoshin will be doing my negotiating. Hey, I'm the one who came up with the name. That's our name. It was actually Charlie who came up with the name. That's what he says. Was it Charlie who came up with the was name? Was it? Okay, so to be fair, when I labeled the podcast, it was the McCoshin and Zapecki Power Hour. You added the political part. Oh, I said, get their names off. There. Oh. <laughs> no free advertising. See, no, it's all coming. It's all coming. We back need to Charlie me. to negotiate for us. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10, and it's a powerhouse. I got two great guests on Monday. Charles Benson, who does it very well, and then uh, Matt yes. Smith from Channel 12 in town, who has a statewide must-watch political show. He's done a really nice job with that, too. And I had I had fun. I sat down and did a podcast with him yesterday. Really? Yeah, he's, he's a young man. Yeah. And, and you're because gonna be he's from the Twin Ports. He's he from is. Esco, we, we talked Minnesota. about that, yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be the short guy in the studio, because Charles and Matt are both tall Americans. Yes, they are. I'm 5'11". Why are you mm-hmm. making me short? Compared to those guys, you're short. <laughs> Right. And how tall are you, Joe? Not tall. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Eric Hovde looks like a tall man. Is I he think a tall he's about 6'2", yeah. Yeah, I, I thought so. He looks yeah. like, a, he looks like a, um, a soap opera star, but he's running for Senate. Quite fit. Yeah. yeah. Wait, he's, is he? Oh, yeah. What? Is he running? I think he's Tuesday. Yeah. Has he said the words he's in? Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, why do you seem surprised? Well, I can't keep it straight. We've got Republican <laughs> candidates for the Senate. Say, I'm in, well, I'm not You don't in, have I'm to out. do it until you have to do it. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. you spend a lot of money. So it takes a while to get from California to Wisconsin to launch the campaign? Oh, is that your comment? Is that what's going on? <laughs> He's a banker in California, but he also has residence in Wisconsin. Drop the green flag. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so um, there was another gentleman, Scott Mayer. Meyer, whatever it is. Franklin Businessman. My blowny has a second name. I don't it's believe M-A-Y-E-R. he's in the sausage business. I think he has a, a staffing business. Yeah, I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not casting aspersions. I don't know, Scott. I, and I, I live fairly close to Franklin, but, you know, I, frankly, I've, I've had heard a very his... bad week, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, it seemed confu- confused, the yeah, announcement. He announced uh, that he's still considering and took some shots at Hovde and then said, and my campaign manager is Chaz Nichols, who ran. Rebecca Clayfish's campaign, I know Chaz, he's a talented guy. Chaz, within an hour, put out a statement saying, mm, yeah, no, I'm not running that campaign. <laughs> so, really, really tough look for Scott Mayer. So what, what is that about? How does that happen exactly? Um, is that like somebody just Inexperience. Saying, yeah, I would think that would be the answer. Mm. Are you worried as, as a Tammy Baldwin supporter about uh, Eric Hubde? About the emerging Republican contest, intra-party food fight between well, Scott Mayer be, and Eric Hubde? It may not be anybody, it might just be Hubde. Scott Mayer sounds like a guy who really wants to run for the United States Senate. I don't know. The, the smoke-filled room, big party boss is going to keep him out? Yes. Oh, okay. I want to be president, too, but I'm not running for president. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So maybe Could that's what he's thinking. You're significantly younger than the current guy. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, for, thank you for saying and that. And you have more hours in the day now, as of Monday, right? You could do it. I have plenty of time. Although KJP said uh, Biden does more in an hour than all of us Americans do in a full day. Is that true, day. really? Is that true, really? We're just jawjacking on the radio. I mean, <laughs> this ain't work. We're not reading classified briefing materials and talking with world leaders. Come on. Yeah, there's no, plenty of guys who read stuff on the radio. I find it in all seriousness. Pudding. Am I, that, that am I a worried lot as a Tammy Baldwin supporter about yeah. Eric Hufty? Yeah. No. Not particularly. Why not? not? Well, not any more worried than I am about any Republican opponent. What if Trump has a big day? A, what if Trump has a big day? In Battleground, Wisconsin, where races are always close, right? Not Tammy, hers. Tammy Baldwin is a very good United States senator who has delivered a lot for this state and is on the right side of the issues when you look at where the people of Wisconsin are. It, it took a long time for there to be a candidate. He's a candidate with a track record that I don't think fits where the state of Wisconsin is on issues like health care, on access to reproductive freedom and choice. So... Hey, let's have a campaign. It's going to be a shorter campaign than a lot of them. And as somebody who has frequently said, you know what we need? Shorter campaigns. I'm good with that, too. Let's go with it, right? All so, right. okay, Eric welcome Humpty. to the race. His strengths and his weaknesses. Super successful businessman. He is an outsider. He's never held public office. He'll go to D.C. for a short period of time, make his mark, change, hopefully drain the swamp, and then go back to business. He right? ran for Senate. What was the year? He ran for uh, Senate years ago. in yeah. 2012 against Tommy Thompson, came in a close second. And as I've said on this show a couple weeks ago, he actually had the lead on Tommy three weeks out, and we had to drop the hammer on him, and, and we did. Uh, Eric is, I think he learned some good lessons from that. I think he's much more prepared for this race. Uh, he's going to invest significant resources in it. Rich guy. Uh, that's and, what that's and I code think, for. Uh, I think he's got a, a tremendous chance. Tammy Baldwin is a tough out, but she's going to have to run ahead of Joe Biden here in Wisconsin in 2024. I believe that's not an impossible barrier. Ron Johnson ran ahead of Donald Trump in 2016 when Trump became the first Republican to win Wisconsin since 1984. So I think she can run ahead of the president, but she's going to have to. I, I like 
with a straight face calling candidates who run for the U.S. Senate twice in two decades, more than 10 years apart, outsiders. <laughs> Let's go All with right. that. Let's take a break. Grab bag. Grab bag. Let's do it. We'll wrap up the political power hour, the last of the three-hour version of this show. And oh, by the way, if you have uh, been waiting for the the last if Steve wrote the world, it's it's dynamite. Uh, producer Charlie and I have cooked up a nice uh, final farewell to one of my favorite segments of all time. It actually goes origins go back to the beginning of the show with with Billstead and I. So going to be looking forward to that in eleven o'clock hour. Uh, lots more to get to. We'll do the grab bag after this on WTMJ. Oh, this hour goes too fast, so I better get used to it. Sorry, next week, a lot of fast hours. So much time. You know what's going to be good this year besides my one-hour show? My golf game. Looking forward to that. Weather's warming up. We're almost golf Look out, now. Mosquito Lakes Duffers. Oh, yes. I've been taking lessons. I'm ready. You are, So that's one thing we will do after one of these Fridays. Great. Yeah, we're yeah. going to play some golf. Great. Who's got a, who's got the hook? You probably have the hookup, Bill. I, I can probably... <laughs> Set us up for sure. That's like such yeah. a cliche. I look at the rich Republicans. So you got the hook up, don't you? Rich Republicans. Yeah, I right, got the grab- reduced lunch when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm not saying where you started, where you finished. That's uh, more important. All right, grab bag, Joe. There are reports out of Russia this morning that uh, Alexander Navalny has died in a Russian prison camp. For those who do not know, he is uh, an opposition leader. Was an opposition leader um, who had the courage to stand up to Vladimir Putin and fight for a better future for the people of Russia. And I just want people to think about that. There are some great documentaries out there, including on Amazon Prime, about Navalny and all that he fought for. This is someone who was poisoned by the Putin regime, who was jailed by the Putin regime. And ultimately, if you listen to a lot of the people who watch this stuff, he was murdered by the Putin regime. That this was a death sentence to send him to a hard prison labor work camp uh, for the crime of voicing opposition. To Vladimir Putin and one of the things we have to think about very seriously as much as we joke about politics and have fun covering it and analyzing it is how important dissent is and how fundamental that is you should be able to oppose people in power in this country and around the world Alexander Navalny has now apparently died for that fight we owe him and his family the respect and you know commitment to remember his sacrifice, and to always fight to protect voices of dissent wherever they are. And, you know, Bill and I disagree about a lot, but we do it respectfully. That's what this show has been about, is about, and that's why I love doing it. I will always defend your right to disagree with me and to talk trash about Joe Biden or whatever Democrat, because I know that you will do the same when I talk trash and criticize Donald Trump and other Republicans. And we have got to figure out a way to have more people understand the importance of that in our world. Rest in peace, Alex Navalny. Here, here. I have a good and a bad. The good, Caitlin Clark, uh, University of Iowa, set the women's NCAA Division One scoring record last night with a signature three-pointer. From the logo. <laughs> she is amazing. She is selling out women's arenas across the big 10 people want to see her they want to be part of it it's amazing uh thank you for what you've done for women's basketball i think it's it's uh truly transformational secondly on the bad side bad announcement today out of middleton wisconsin which is where i now live uh the the american girl company is closing their headquarters in middleton this is present pleasant role in jerry fauci's shop pleasant started this uh company the american girl dolls in 1986 
Uh, she and her husband, Jerry, are phenomenal uh, donors in the Madison area. The Overture Center would not have uh, happened without their $100 million they put in. They put money in everything. Uh, this is a bad sign. Those dolls are now made in China, which is really sad. Uh, so, you know, I have a my granddaughter has American Girl dolls. My 70-year-old sister has American Girl dolls. They're iconic. Um, you know, this is a sad story for for Wisconsin and for America, I think. Yeah, my daughter's had American Girl dolls as well. I remember my wife, Kathy, taking them down in Chicago, one of their big stores. And, yeah, it's a, it's a sad day when a, when a tradition and a business like that closes in the state of Wisconsin. Gentlemen, we'll do it again next Friday, the Political Power Hour. Joe Zapecki, Bill McCaution, left and right, liberal conservative. We do it every week. And starting next week, I do it every day with different guests. So look forward to that.